For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. What's going on, everybody? This is Dylan, a.k.a. Thunder Chats. You people are listening to Topic Thunder. Welcome, everybody, to the weekly episode of OKC Topic Thunder. I'm your host today, Dylan, a.k.a. Thunder Chats, and I'm joined today from his home in Oklahoma, Alex Roy. Alex, what's going on, brother? Oh, man, just kind of a little bit sad that our uh, our seven-game win streak is is uh, is over. So, of course, you know, being that it's over, now I want to fi- fire Billy Donovan. I want to go ahead and cut, um, you know, Dennis Schroeder. I want to go ahead and... You know, wonder why Paul George got this contract, and and just wonder what Raymond Felton's doing out there. So, other than that, I'm okay. I, it, it sounds like you're doing great. <laughs> I, I just got to say, it's just it's but just, yeah, it's, just as, us, uh, it's just us two, man. This is this is different, man. This this is, I know, man. This kind of harks back to to your uh, your Thunder Chat days. Yeah. I was I was actually going to say that I was like you know <laughs> takes us back to the Thunder Chats interview yeah. how this all got the wheels turning basically man basically good times so let's go ahead and kind of take that uh, take that chemistry that we had there and just go ahead and you know roll with it on on topic Thunder there we go man let's rock with it all right so as we alluded to we were on a seven game winning streak. Going into the week, we were on a four-game winning streak with a matchup up against the New Orleans Pelicans, in which we played Monday. Oops, sorry. I just had gas. I had <laughs> uh, my, my app restarted. Uh, okay, there you I go. Here we go. All right, so New Orleans Pelicans on Monday. Our final score was 122 to 116. Um. You know, Anthony Davis played, but he was a little hobbled by injury. Yeah. Uh, he had 20 and 8. Drew Holiday had 22 and 14. And Julius Randle went perfect off the bench 26 points on 10 of 10 shooting, 8 rebounds. On the Thunder side of things, Paul George had 23 points, 8 assists, and 6 rebounds. Steve Nabs at 18 and 8. Dennis Schroeder off the bench had 22 points and three rebounds. and But the big story of the day was, despite Russell Westbrook having 17-9-7, he did go down with was a scary injury at the time. But yeah. we know now that he's more or less okay. <laughs> he's Wolverine. I mean, <laughs> that, yeah. a, a mere mortal will be out for uh, for about a month with that injury. But him, you know, it's just a couple games. He'll, he'll be out for about a week. Uh, yeah. But yeah, man, it, it looked real bad because it looked like one of those things. So he got he got up real high, he skied real high for a rebound, mm-hmm. um, and then he came down on I think it was Anthony Davis's foot, and yep. literally when the ankle kind of kind of sprained, um, it, it looked like the uh, 
I guess the talus part of the ankle or the, the, the bone that sticks out looked like it touched the ground, basically. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, and, and he even he yelped in pain. So whenever Russell Westbrook yelps in pain, uh, you know it hurt. You know, and he's, Man, and I'll – yeah, I was just saying, I'll tell you, like, when I say it looked bad, like, it looked bad. Like, it gave us Thunder fans flashbacks of the Patrick Beverly thing because – yeah. You know, as soon as Patrick Beverly launched himself at Westbrook's legs, Westbrook kind of hobbled over to the scores table, yelled, and smacked the scores table. And he did the same um, thing in this one. Yeah, smacked the floor, and he tried to walk under his own power, and he stumbled into mm-hmm. the chair, tried to walk on his own power into the locker room, and he stumbled twice. Like, I was sweating. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, it, you. here's the thing. Like, when it comes to basketball, when you look at it, like, Basketball players suffer that injury all the time. You know, at least mm-hmm. it wasn't, you know, anytime that happens, at least when you look at it, you're like, at least it's not a knee. You know, at least he's not, you know, completely crumbled to the ground, not able to move, number one. Uh, and number two, at least it's not anything that buckled above the ankle. Um, so, you know, they, they suffer those injuries all the time. You know, those Jordans that he wear, they're, they're pretty high on the ankle. It was, it was an mm-hmm. ugly-looking injury, but, you know, it's one of those things that you know He'll be back sooner rather than later. Oh yeah, for sure, man. And and the big takeaway from that game is how the Thunder were able to respond from that injury because Dennis Schroeder came in and he he played masterfully. Uh, I think yeah. he had seven. Uh, I think he scored like the last seven points for OKC. He hit a big three. He was getting into the lane. He was playing solid defense, and honestly, he was the difference maker for this team. Yeah, he was. I mean, he he came in. I, I believe the Thunder were up by like eighteen when he came in, um, and of course they were a little bit shell shocked whenever Westbrook went out with his injury. And so I think I think New Orleans went on like a ten zero, eleven zero run or seven zero run, something mm-hmm. like that. And it looked it, it looked like it was going to be one of those games where Westbrook goes out, uh, the team doesn't know how to respond, and they eventually end up losing it. Uh, but you know, a couple plays by Hami. Hami, you know, got a yep. couple steals, um, got a, cu- a couple transition baskets, um, and that kind of calmed the seas a little bit for the Thunder. And then, you know, Schroeder came in, did his thing, did his his starting point guard thing that he's done in Atlanta that he's done before, and, you know, he, he led us to a victory. You know, it wasn't an easy victory, but it was one that it wasn't a nail-biter either. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, so so props to him. This is definitely what we were expecting whenever we got him for Carmelo, um, and and it paid dividends in this game. Oh yeah, for sure. Now uh, moving on to our next game against the Cavaliers. Um, this is a game you actually recap, so I'm just going to read off the score and let you take hold of it, man. Mm-hmm. Um, OKC won this game, 95 to 86 against the Cleveland Cavaliers, and Colin Sexton's first start. Um, and, of course, Russell Westbrook didn't play in this game, but we was able to come out victorious. Alex, tell us about it. Yeah, so this, I mean, this is definitely one of those games where, again, Westbrook is out, we're on the road, regardless of who the opponent is. In years past, we've lost this game. You know, it's, it's usually been marred mm-hmm. by ugly shooting. It's usually been an ugly game, and we have found a way to, you know, either completely not play at all in the game and just get blown out by a lesser team or allow the lesser team to stick around and they, you know, they get hot at the end and they eventually pull away and win. Um, in this game, 
it was an ugly game. But the Thunder, through Schroeder, through Paul George, um, found a way to go ahead and win this game, and they they won it. You know, ninety five to eighty six. Um, it was it was not pretty at all. Uh, this was a grind out game. This was a game that you know we would go up, the Cavs would come back. Um, you know, we were up by seventeen at one point, and then they came back and you know they got it to within a couple points, and even took the lead in the fourth quarter. Um, but you know. I guess having somebody like Schroeder out there that's able to kind of keep things calm, he doesn't overreact. Um, having Paul George out there who is now more, he has more ownership of the team. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they were able to kind of sustain uh, sustain the game, go ahead and do a final push at the end, 11-2 push at the end, and come out victorious in a game that in seasons past they would have lost this game. Yeah, for sure. And the the weird thing about this game was as good as Schroeder was scoring the ball, he was 11 of 19. Uh, he had 28 points, game high by far. Um, and he was huge. You know, he was a plus 20 game high, but he had zero assists. <laughs> yeah. He, so, so that you know, this is one of those things where you take what the defense gives you. And so, you know, they were, they were playing on him. And so, mm-hmm. you know, he drove past them. He's, he's, he has the ability to to drive, to be a, a good, you know, person that drives into the basket. And he took advantage of that, and he scored on them for the most part. Yep. For sure, man. And it wasn't, he's got it, it in him. It's not for trying, for lack of trying. I mean, like I said, it was an ugly game. Tons of missed shots. So I'm pretty sure there was, a, you know, a couple potential assists out there. Um, but, mm-hmm. you know, they, they just weren't hitting their shots like they normally would. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, this was – we shot 41% from the field, 25% from three, 69% from the, from the line. Like, Ooh, watch it out, was man. ugly. But, yeah, it's it's encouraging to see us win those kinds of games. Yes, very much so. All right, moving on to the big one, the game that was highlighted by everybody going into the season and even more so after Westbrook went down. Um the Houston Rockets game in which the Thunder, I'll go ahead and call it a statement win. I think it was a statement win. You know, this is on national television against a team that many people had ranked above the Thunder going into the season. And the Thunder just, for lack of a better term, they just kicked their butts, man. Mm-hmm. 98 to 80. Uh, Paul George was huge in this game. He had 20 points, 11 rebounds, six assists, uh, playing really good defense. Steven Adams had 19 points and 10 rebounds. Uh, Schroeder had 14 points. But the big story from this game on the Thunder side was Terrence Ferguson finally found his stroke. He had 14 points, 5 of 10 shooting, 4 of 9 from deep. And I pointed this out in my recap. He was 4 of 6 from deep, and then he just started – he did three straight heat checks in a mm-hmm. row, which I, I don't blame him. <laughs> the game was in hand, and he was hot. I probably would have done the same thing, but yeah. his, his shooting would have been a lot better um, had he not done those heat checks. But um, the only other thing to note, really, uh, on the Houston side is our boy Carmelo Anthony. One of 11 shooting, two points, 06 from the three-point line. And, and get this, his one point, his one bucket didn't even go in the basket. It was goaltending by Nerlens Noel. And 
you know, Nerwins is a great shot blocker, but that ball wasn't going in nope. if he didn't touch it. <laughs> nope, not at all. That was a <laughs> that was an ugly game for Houston. That was it's so it's so surprising. Like I I haven't necessarily watched Houston this season. I know, I know they've struggled, um, mm-hmm. but I thought a lot of it had to do with the fact that you know James Harden was out for about four games with that with that pulled hamstring. Uh, Chris Paul during that same time was out uh, because he was suspended for his fight with Rondo and uh, Brandon Ingram, and so yep. you know you, you start to miss those guys, especially Harden. You start to miss, Harden is the it, it, Harden is that offense. Um, yeah. So he starts to stay out. He starts to be out. And so you kind of understand that during that time they would struggle. And then even when he came back, you know, there's there's always an adjustment period. But this this team is ugly. This team is ugly on offense. Um, they're terrible on defense. I don't know what's going on in Houston. I don't like to necessarily – you know, Carmelo is not – he's not the cancer that everybody wants to make him out to be. Yeah. Um, but it's – it just it just looks like there's something there. There's something to that um to that narrative that he's just he just he just like winning is not necessarily in his in his toolbox. Like he he just goes out for his and and doesn't really, you know, add to anything that's pertinent for for success, for sustained success. Um yeah, man, that was <laughs> That was an ugly game. Like I thought, it's the second night of a back-to-back for the Thunder. I thought this was the scheduled loss mm-hmm. right here. I thought this was a game that you know there's going to be like you know what. Even in my recap of the Cavs game, when I looked forward to this game, I was like, look, Westbrook's probably going to be out. Uh, we're playing Houston. They're coming in rested. You know, this is a scheduled loss. You know, goodbye. You know, six-game win streak at that time. Enjoy it. You know, enjoy the six-game win streak and know that this loss is not is not representative of what this team is. It's just, you know, they came in playing a hot Houston team who had won three in a row, and this was going to be a loss. No, not at all. <laughs> yeah, man, and yeah, this game actually made me look really smart because I said early in the season, or in the offseason, after Houston let Luca Carnabal Mute walk, they let Trevor Reza walk, and then they signed James Ennis and Carmelo Anthony. You know, I said – the reason Houston was so good last year wasn't their offense, it was their defense. Yeah. That's why they were able to hang with Golden State. You got rid of your number one and number two defenders in Luka Karnbaumute and Trevor Reza. Then you try to replace them with James Ennis and Carmelo Anthony. Uh, it, it's just not going to work. No. So, yeah, that that game made me feel good because it confirmed a lot of things for me. And. Yeah, I don't think I mentioned it, but you kind of alluded to it. Russell Westbrook didn't even play in this game, mm-hmm. and we beat them by 18 points. <laughs> like it wasn't even like like third quarter. I'm watching this because you know my my daughter she had a she had a volleyball tournament, so I didn't I didn't necessarily see the first half. Um, mm-hmm. But you know I got I got to the house second half, and I started watching. I was like, Are you serious? I'm like, What's going on? Like every time James Harden had the ball, I was like, Okay, the, you know the the run starts here. And no, we you know they'd miss it. We'd go to the other end, and you know we'd make the shot. I mean, it was it was it was it was fun. We haven't had a game like this in a while. You know, where we thought we were gonna lose, but we came out and we played Thunder basketball, and you know just beat the snot out of somebody and somebody that that it was not expected. So it was fun. That was a fun game. Yeah, for sure. And you know, this game actually pushed us to number two 
in the league in defensive rating. Um, so, I mean, and if you watch this game, you wouldn't be shocked because we were swarming guys. We were attacking closeouts. Right? We was closing out on three-point shooters. We wasn't getting lost in the switches. Terrence Ferguson was playing great defense. Schroeder, of course, Adams. And then Paul George was phenomenal out there. Like, it, it was as complete of a game as you could ask for. But I pointed this out in the recap. We shot 44%. We shot 24% from the three-point line. We shot yep. 70% from the foul line. And we still beat them by 18 points. That's, that's how good our defense was during this run, during this seven-game mm-hmm. run. That's how good our defense was. It was – you know, it, it it got up. So I think when this run started, we were like nineteenth in defensive rating. Yeah. And by the end of it, by the end of the run, because you know the we lost to the Mavs. Um, in case you didn't know, uh, but by the end of the run, we Spoiler. were number. <laughs> yeah, we were number two in defensive rating, and I don't think we're going to slip that much from there. I think our identity is as a defensive team, as a perimeter juggernaut, as far as you know, how we defend, and newsflash, our best defensive perimeter, de- I mean, our best perimeter defender is going to be out till probably about January or February. Um, so, yeah. so, yeah, it's, it's, it's a lovely thing, man. It's, it's great to see that the identity of this team is actually taking hold. Like, we thought this was going to be the identity of this team last season, um, you know, outside of Carmelo Anthony, but it never, it never kind of got, you know, it never took hold. Um, and so it's good to see that this this is happening this year. Yeah, for sure. And you know, just like you said, man, the best is yet to come defensively. Like, yeah, this team's going to be elite defensively once we're fully healthy. Well, we we talked about all the good, man. You ready to get into the bad? <laughs> sure thing. <laughs> all right, we we don't have to touch on this too much, but uh, the Thunder did lose to the Dallas Mavericks, one eleven to ninety six. Um, you know, our guys struggled except for Steven Adams. He had 20 points, 13 rebounds, 8 of 11. Um, Shooter had 19 points, 8 of 21 shooting. Paul George matched him 20 points, 8 of 21 shooting. But after that, eh, the team the team really struggled. Uh, Terrence Ferguson came back down to earth, uh, <laughs> 1 of 7 on 2 points. It, 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 it was, was encouraging, though, to see him shooting the ball. <laughs> it was a beautiful 2 points, though. That that put bad put bad dunk yeah. uh, off of uh, Diallo's miss. That was that was nice. Yeah, and uh, he he did trickle a up in transition. Um, mm-hmm. I, I do remember that, and I I really wish he lobbed that to Hami. It would have been nice <laughs> to see yeah. that connection. <laughs> bad blood? Question mark? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, the main takeaway from this game is Luka Doncic is brilliant. He's a special NBA yeah. player, and J.J. Barea hates the Oklahoma City Thunder with everything inside of him. Definitely, yeah. This, this, <laughs> this, this was a game. This was a game where our defense let us down a little bit. So we, we kind of we kind of lost our principles in this game. Um, the the pick and roll defense was atrocious in this game. So you know you, you kind of put that out. You know, J.J. Barea killed us. Um, Luka Doncic killed us, and. They basically did it all in the pick and roll, um, and so you know our guys weren't as aggressively getting under those picks as they have been over the course of the seven game win streak. And so, you know, with that happening, guys got passed. Our our big men had to kind of adjust, and you know, kind of it kind of broke our defense down. 
Yeah, for sure, man. I mean, like, like I said, there's not that much to take away from this except for the fact that do not panic. <laughs> yeah, it, we're not firing Billy Donovan. We're not, you know, we're not going to make all these reactionary yeah. moves. Teams lose in the NBA season. Newsflash. What? <laughs> man, I, I didn't realize that. I thought, you know, you go on a seven-game win streak, and I think, you know, every game we're supposed to win. Um, but you know, it's not. It's not that way. It's not, people. Calm down. Yeah, for sure. All right, so even though we lost against the Mavericks, we did have three Ws this week. Um, And, you know, there is a guy who probably deserves some recognition for it. So we're going to go ahead and hit the Academy Award for the player of the game. Dennis Schroeder. He's definitely going to be my pick. Um, Mm. Just a... Just the way he was able to step up, um, you know, when Westbrook went down against the Pelicans, uh, lead the scoring load against the Cavaliers. Um, you know, he wasn't phenomenal against the Rockets, but he did do a good job uh, with 14.6 rebounds and five assists. And, you know, he had 19 points tonight against the Mavs. So he, he's filling the scoring load for Westbrook and, you know, I'm just going to give it to him because the way he stepped up in the Pelicans game. I don't think the Thunder win that game uh, if Schroeder doesn't come in and do what he did. Yeah, I completely agree with you um, as far as the player of the week. Um, you know, he he stepped up. He stepped. This is like I like like I have said. This is you know these last few games where Westbrook has been out. Um, this is the territory where in in seasons past, you know, last season and two years ago. Um, if Westbrook is out, we're, we're losing those games. Um, it's and it's usually an ugly, a very, very, very ugly affair. Um, but with Schroeder in there, you know he was able to give the Thunder a lot of what Westbrook gives the Thunder. Um, and so they they did not have to change their identity. That they they did not have to um, change how they played. And so it's just business as usual. And you know because he was out there, because he was able to stabilize. Um, stabilize the team, basically. Um, he's he's definitely my player of the week. For sure. So, congratulations, Dennis Schroeder. You are the player of the week. And as Stephen Adams notes, you do not get a bonus. Sorry. <sighs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, Thunder News. Um, not a lot to talk about, uh, except for really Russell Westbrook's injury. You know, we kind of covered the extent of it. Uh, they have it, had they had an MRI, they realized that it wasn't as serious as they once thought. A lot of people were saying high ankle sprain. Um, a lot of Twitter doctors were saying high ankle sprain uh, <laughs> before the MRI came back. So it, it was very encouraging to see that it's not as bad as we thought. And actually, in the Rockets game, you know, he was there. He was on the bench. He was trying to coach a little bit. And what I noticed is, one, he wasn't really walking with a limp, mm. but on celebrations, like, he was jumping up and down. He was squatting. Like, he was doing things that you normally wouldn't want to do if you have a bad ankle injury. Yeah, I'm a I'm a healthy, out-of-shape 30-something-year-old, and I can't do half the stuff he was doing <laughs> uh, in that, you know, celebrations that he was doing in that Rockets game, you know, without feeling it the next day, so... Yeah, I mean, he, you know, there was there was that picture of him in in Oklahoma City. I guess somebody he was out and about, and he he just basically just had a 
a, a, an ankle brace on his, you know, on his foot. Uh, but they said he was walking around without a limp. So you know, that guy's <laughs> that guy's amazing, man. It's, it's just like, you know, if I suffer an injury like that, first of all, my ankle's going to swell to the size of a baseball. Um, it's probably going to be discolored, um, and it's just it's going to take me about you know three weeks before I'm actually walking normally. He, you know, the next day for the most part, he's walking around town just. Hey, how are you doing? You know, walking around without a limp. Yeah, I mean, what, uh, what was it? 20, 2015, I think. Mm-hmm. He was supposed to miss till like February or something with a leg injury. And then like the week before Christmas, it's like, oh, Russell Westbrook could possibly play Christmas yeah. Day. Like what? Like two, well, two I mean, months ahead of time? Uh, it's, it's, this is what I always point back to. He played an entire half of playoff basketball with a torn meniscus and, yeah. you know, brought the business to Patrick Beverly. Level. Yeah, exactly, yeah. man. Like, I mean, this guy's pain threshold is is on Kobe level. You know, this is Kobe does this type of stuff where he breaks a finger, he's, you know, he, he tears an Achilles, uh, an Achilles, and he's able to go to the free throw line and make both free throws. You know, that's that's something that most people do not do. You know, some people are out because, you know, they have a – a chip fingernail, uh, but this guy is able to play through, you know, through a lot and actually recover very quickly. So, you know, yeah. just just for that, he should be the player of the week. <laughs> just just for being able to heal quickly. Yeah. Now, um, you know, like we said, you know, the Twitter doctors they all have their takes about how long he was going to miss. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Thunder actually came out and announced that next day he's out for the Cavs game, and then he was day to day. So. Obviously, he missed the Rockets game. He missed the Mavs game. But until they say he's out for the Suns game, mm. he could play against the Phoenix Suns. Yeah. So, so I mean, you know, he's day-to-day. You know, we'll know more as we get to each game. But, uh, you know, I, 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 love, I understand. I, oh, love, I love Twitter after an injury. <laughs> because everybody's like – there's different levels of understanding, and you see that run the gamut on Twitter uh, whenever somebody suffers an injury. Like, whenever they came out and said the x-rays were negative, I, I literally had several people on my timeline were like, what does that mean? Is he out? What does that mean? <laughs> no, nah, he's, he's, he's okay. It's not bone-related. It's just soft tissue-related. Uh, but, yeah, it was, it was Twitter, Twitter after an injury or after anything is just hilarious. I, I have yeah, – have. I haven't even jumped on to see what the reaction is after the Mavs loss, um, but yeah. I'm pretty sure I'll enjoy it when I see it. <laughs> Twitter's a magical place, <laughs> but we we can say that definitely. Very much so. Um, but yeah, we don't know when he's going to be back, and honestly, I'm okay with them resting him for a little bit mm-hmm. as we go through this easy stretch of games. As long as he is back November 24th against the Denver <laughs> Nuggets, I will be okay. Which, I mean... I mean, and I know why you want to, you know, why you want him back by that point. But, you know, whenever you looked at the at the schedule and you saw November twenty fourth against the the Nuggets, it didn't really look like that significant of a game. It's a it's a Northwest Division rival, uh, but it didn't really look like that big of a of a game. But the Nuggets are, uh, I think they're coming. They're starting to come back down to earth. But they have been a very good team this season, um, and so that that should be one of the top top tier matchups in the NBA that day. 
Yeah, for sure. I'll, I'll be. I'm. I'm very excited for that game, and I'll be a little less excited if Westbrook can't play, mm-hmm. you know, because he's my favorite player. But it's still gonna be awesome. And I think the thing with the Nuggets, you know, not to dwell on this, just real quick, I have this take for it. Um, they're Cover me. one of the be- Yeah. Well, they're one of the best offensive teams in the NBA, and they play no defense in mm-hmm. a league that kind of wants to eliminate good defense yeah no that's that's very i mean they're they're ahead of the curve yeah you know the, <laughs> they was there last year the, the, the thunder keep on trying to zig when everybody zags and they're trying to put everything into defense but the nuggets are like nah we'll, we'll just go with what's cool with what's cool now <laughs> yeah so that uh you know, we will know more about Westbrook's injury when he's going to play closer to the games. But at this point, there's no need to rush him back. So just yeah. chill. Just chill. What's your prediction? Man, I, I don't know. I, I really don't. You know, we, mm-hmm. we play the Suns twice. We play the Knicks. And then after that, we play the Kings. I think he'll be, don't, I, I think he'll be back for the Knicks game. I think he'll miss the Phoenix. You think he'll be back next? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, he just wants to dunk on Enos Cantor. I understand. <laughs> That's my boy. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. I wouldn't be shocked if he came back Monday for the Suns, especially after a loss. I think maybe he was – He they could have been taking it easy because, you know, we're winning, mm-hmm. we're doing fine. Like, you know, we're doing fine without you. That sounds terrible to say. But <laughs> Patrick, um, was now that, that we the, lost – The Patrick Ewing effect? Yeah. <laughs> No, now that we lost and there might be a possible suspension coming for Schroeder, uh, we we might need Westbrook back because a team with just Ray Felton as the point guard terrifies <laughs> me. And, and so and, and so just to kind of just to kind of go back to that point about Schroeder possibly being suspended. So in the Mavs game, um, him and and Dwight Powell got into a little scuffle, and as they were laying on the floor, try, about to get up. Uh, Schroeder kind of gave gave him an elbow to his midsection, um, so he only received a technical in the game. He didn't receive a flagrant or you know get ejected. Um, but you know the NBA uh, they tend to frown upon those types of things, and they have the you know they have replay at their at their disposal. So we'll see what the punishment is for that. I'm thinking it's just going to be a a fine, um, but you never know. Yeah, I mean, hey, you never know. I mean, they they gave uh, – I was looking at my time hop the other day. They gave Carmelo – they ejected right. him last year on that Portland play whenever he was just going up for the shot and his That's elbow right. barely hit the guy. Okay, yep. Not going to dwell on it. Let's, <laughs> uh, let's, let's move on, man, because today, speaking of Carmelo Anthony, talking about transition mm-hmm. – um, some pretty interesting news dropped. Um, I don't have the Woj tweet in front of me about exactly what it says, but basically Carmelo and the coaching staff for the Houston Rockets are coming together to come up with what what, what was the way they put it? Fluid lineup options, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Fluid lineup options. Like like that sounds very much out of Presti's uh you know textbook as far as you mm-hmm. know as far as organizations speak right there but but i mean that's surprising to me that is completely surprising to me like 
and and, and so basically in Woj's article it mentions that um but it also mentions you know it also kind of hints to hey maybe this is not working and so maybe the best decision is to you know cut bait now and allow Carmelo to go wherever he wants and maybe bring in somebody defensive maybe bring in you know I don't know it just it seems weird. It seems very reactionary, uh, but it seems you know it seems very early for that stuff to be kind of happening. Um, but mm-hmm. I don't know. It just it just seems weird. Yeah, and you know we was talking before the show how you know in our like preseason like um, I guess preview. Yeah, uh, yeah, our podcast. You know, we was talking about how you know if it doesn't work in Houston. He's on a vet minimum contract. They can just cut him. They can just release him. Mm-hmm. But we was kind of saying that tongue-in-cheek, kind of, you know, har-har funny. And now it's a very real thing that could possibly come to fruition. That's, I mean, and, and the thing is, like, I, don't, I, I I honestly, like I told you, I feel bad for Carmelo. Like, mm-hmm. I feel, like, I feel like he, you know, he has this this thing, this cloud around him that everybody thinks, oh, whenever he gets on a team – he makes him worse. There's nothing out there to suggest that that's incorrect. Let me just put that right there. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't think that he is the major reason why Houston is struggling. You know, Chris Paul yeah. and James Harden are not playing up to the level they played last season. Um, they don't have the defenders they did last season, you mm-hmm. know, the perimeter defenders. And so, you know, they're getting roasted on defense. They're not scoring as efficiently on offense. And so you add those two things together – you're getting what you got right now, and it has nothing to do with Carmelo. Um, but I think he's the he, he you know he's the lowest fruit to blame, and so they're picking at it, and they're you know they're saying it you know they're they're looking at Carmelo. Um, so I don't know, I and mean, maybe this is a Melo thing. Maybe Melo's like, look, it's not working. I don't know where he wants to go. I don't I don't think I don't think LeBron wants him in L.A. I don't think you know maybe Miami, um, but yeah. As far as destinations, I have no idea. Yeah, and, uh, you know, to your point, uh, friend of the show, Brady Trantham of OKC82, mm-hmm. he actually said in their pod, you know, he was kind of rooting for, you know, just a couple of those shots to fall for Carmelo because, I mean, honestly, it got sad. It did. Like, you know, we talked about how his only shot was – or his only points were off of a goaltending. But, like, you know, this guy – there was talk about, you know, if the fans were going to boo him or not, but this guy made the trade for Dennis Schroeder possible. Yes. Like, without Carmelo Anthony, we don't have a player like Dennis Schroeder. Mm. Like, for, like I, I said, you know, for lack of a better term, I'm not going to use the that term, but <laughs> Carmelo could have been a real jerk in that situation, and, and he chose not to, and he was helpful. So, yeah. um, he, he doesn't deserve the... Uh, the booze or you know missing all of his shots but it is interesting you say Miami because I I felt you know when we had Carmelo and I feel now that mm-hmm. that's the best situation for him you know Wade's a member of the banana boat they've got a young mm-hmm. team there Bolster's a great coach and Pat Riley will get his butt into shape I mean, so, and, it, and it and it doesn't seem like it doesn't seem like Carmelo is out of shape like last year after a while, you know, he looked very out of shape um, in Oklahoma City, but mm-hmm. you know, it all, it, it, he looks a, he looks a little bit slimmer. Um, 
and he's never he's never going to be an athlete. Like he's not an athlete. This is not <laughs> this is not Carmelo with the with with the uh, with the corn rolls. Corn the, yeah, <laughs> this is not young Carmelo. This is the mellow of now. He's you know he's he lost his athleticism a long time ago, um, and he's just basically a shooter now. And he's going to have good games like he did against Brooklyn. He had twenty eight points, and then he's going to have games like he did against the Thunder. You know, one for eleven, where that one for eleven probably has an asterisk on it. Um, that's that's who he is now, and he's no longer making the huge money that he was. And so, you know, if a team is, you know, if he and a team are able to come up with a solution as far as his role, I don't see how he can't be a, you know, a, a prominent member of a team. I I just don't think that he's a a top eight player on a on a team anymore in this league. Right, here you go. He needs to go back to Atlanta and play with Trey Young. <laughs> With with Vince Carter, man, they could talk about the good old days. Yeah, he he can he can renew that contract that lasted all of twenty four hours. That'd be so hilarious. <laughs> it poetic justice, man, for real. That would be um, funny. Yeah, we was talking before the show, and I mentioned that this move. You know, we talked about how weird it was. I think it could be somewhat of a panic move by Daryl Morey because of the other news that dropped today. Oh yeah. And that news is that Jimmy Butler was, in fact, traded not to the Houston Rockets, Mm -hmm. not the Miami Heat, but the Philadelphia 76ers. (laughs) Alex, you got the details of the trade, man. Tell us about it. Yeah, I do. So uh, so Philly, um, of course, they get Jimmy Butler and Justin Patton. Uh, Justin Patton is the... uh, the first round pick from last year for Minnesota that he's literally been out last. He was out all of last year and he's going to be out all of this year with uh, foot surgery. He had broken, he had a broken bone in his foot. Um, so he's not going to play for them, but I guess he's just to kind of make the money's match. Um, he was added yeah. in there. Um, Minnesota gets Dario Saric. Uh, they get Robert Covington, uh, Jared Bayless and a 2022 second round pick. Um, so, so yeah, man, it was, they get two pretty good players, don't get me wrong, and, and Dario, I think, is on a rookie-type contract. Mm-hmm. Um, and Covington, he just recently re-signed um, as far as, uh, I think, last season he, he signed his post-rookie uh, contract deal. Um, I think he's yeah. making about $10 million, $11 million a season. Um, and then Jaron Bayless, he's, just, he's a, a vet minimum contract. Um, so, I mean, what do you think about this? I I don't. I don't well, know. I don't know what to think about what Minnesota's doing here. Yeah, I got two sides of it. Um, mm. You know, Woj came out and said that after, you know, the Wolves went winless in their five-game road trip, yeah. Fibs realized that he was they weren't going to be able to win with the drama of Jimmy Butler looming over the team. So mm. that's what ultimately pushed the trade forward. For Minnesota, um, you know, Sarich is a nice player. Uh, he can shoot. He's young, and he's got a lot of promise. Roko, I think Bibbs is going to love because he's mm-hmm. a great defender. Um, you know, he could also spread the floor with three-point shooting. But obviously, you're going to take a hit when you lose a player like Jimmy Butler. I think this takes the Timberwolves out of playoffs completely. Yep. I mean, the the West were, was already a bloodbath. Um, but I mean, you take away a player like Jimmy Butler. barring uh, Carl Anthony Towns just completely going off now that Jimmy Butler's gone, uh, they're they're not going to make the playoffs. No, they're not. And, I mean, for Minnesota, it's – 
it's a bad situation for them. I mean, the whole Jimmy Butler thing just – and the thing is, the the coach slash GM did not help the situation. Yeah. Um, so Tom Thibodeau having total control – at the beginning of all this, having total control, and, you know, he's he seems to be very loyal to his guys. Um, so Derrick Rose, um, Taj Gibson, Jimmy Butler are his guys from the Chicago days. And so – he didn't want to trade him, and I and I understand that Jimmy Butler's still a good player, but Jimmy Jimmy Butler is kamikazing your team. You need to trade Jimmy Butler as quickly as possible, and he didn't do that. Yeah. And so he kind of put into motion what we're seeing with Minnesota now, where you know it's it's almost it's almost anarchy as far as what probably Jimmy Butler did, but also the feelings that probably um, Andrew Wiggins and Carl Anthony Towns now have towards. Um, Tom Thibodeau, their own coach. Um, yeah. So this should have been done a lot sooner. Um, and and the problem with Thibodeau being also the GM is that that trade that could have happened with Houston, uh, where it had the four first round picks. Mm-hmm. You know, Thibodeau looks at that and says, "Look, I'm probably not going to be around for any of those picks to come in. Yeah. So why the heck would I even do a trade for all these picks?" Whereas the organization's probably like, yo, this is our future right here. You need to go ahead and do this trade. Exactly. Um, So, you know, they got younger. I think think Sarge and and Covington are both going to be starting pieces for this team moving forward because, you know, Wiggins and Cat are still young themselves. Um, Mm -hmm. So they start to develop a nucleus. They still don't have a point guard. Um, You know, Derek Rogier, you know, for his, uh, for his, you know, reinvigoration that he's he's going through right now is rejuvenation but it's not going to last mm-hmm. um, yeah he's a 30 year old point guard with bad knees and bad you know bad ankles so it's not going to last very long so um i guess their next step is to find a point guard and then they can start to build from there um uh, and secondly more than likely tom thibodeau is not going to be a part of that that building up um so i think it was a, it, it, it was a good trade for them um, I, I think there could have been better trades to be had, but number one, they didn't want to trade in the Western Conference, so they moved them to the Eastern Conference. And then number mm-hmm. two, it's one of those Paul George deals where, you know, and Kawhi Leonard deals where, you know, if a team knows that this guy may be a rental, they're not going to give you their farm um, for that one-year rental. And that's yeah. kind of what a lot of teams were facing with, Jimmy Butler's with the Jimmy Butler situation. Yeah, uh, I, I will say t- two parallels. Mm-hmm. This is like the OKC situation with KD, whereas the Timberwolves at least get something back for their guy, where OKC did not get nothing yeah. back for KD. Um, and then with the PG Kawhi, you know, the Raptors got rid of DeMar DeRozan for Kawhi. Mm hmm. OKC got rid of Oladipo for Paul George. Like, the Sixers gave away... Dario Saric is your main piece in that trade for Jimmy Butler. Like, you know, the Timberwolves more or less got robbed. But like I said, they did get something. So, Mm. you know, ultimately that's a a W. But I can't give you a W for what you got back. Well, I mean, Um, they, they, they got back pieces that were in their timeline for their team. Yeah, which is important. Which is important with a young team. Which which Minnesota, once you get rid of Jimmy Butler, still is. Uh, they're just they're yeah. a young, talented team. 
um, how far they go, it depends on those two guys. Those two guys have to buck up and have to, you know, take responsibility for that franchise and and actually play defense sometimes and actually, you know, be efficient. Um, but if those guys are not efficient, if those guys don't want to play defense, you know, this team is going to be mired in mediocrity for the next four or five years. Yeah, I, I do want to ask you because I, I have a take on this, but I want to ask you, what, where do you have the Sixers in the Eastern Conference now? Um, so I have Toronto one, I have Boston two. I, I still have them four. I think yeah. I, I think Milwaukee has taken that leap. Have taken, you know, I think um, what's what's Milwaukee's coach's uh, B- uh, Bud Budenholzer. Yeah, I yep. think he has kind of unlocked the key to to that that offense on that team um, and that defense. You know, you have so much length out there. Uh, you have an incredible talent with Antetokounmpo, and so I think he has finally been able to kind of you know unlock the what was needed on that team to make them more successful. So I do think they end up with the third seed. Um, and, and I think the thing with Philly is they still don't have shooting. Yeah. You know, this this trade took away a shooting big man in Sarich, and it took away a shooting two guard in, uh, in Covington. And so a two-way you got, player. A two-way player, yeah. And so you got back Jimmy Butler, who's a, a bulldog, don't get me wrong, and defensively yeah. this team is going to be great. Because Simmons, Embiid, mm-hmm. and now Butler are great defensive players. But whenever teams start to pack the paint, who's going to be out there to shoot for them? You know, yeah. J.J. Redick? J.J. Redick that's, hasn't shot that well this season. Yeah, I mean, that's... Markel Fultz? <laughs> so... Yeah. No, I mean, that. I, I'm glad we agree on this. Because okay. I, as soon as uh, the trade happened, I was like... I, I said, you know, whisper looks around, whispers, Sixers are still trash. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, obviously they're not trash, but you know, when you're in a conference with Boston, as deep as they are, as mm-hmm. well coached as they are, you're in a conference with Toronto, the revitalized Toronto, the Serge Ibaka, most improved player of the year, possibly Toronto, <laughs> Kyle Lowry playing the best he's played in his career, Kawhi Leonard back like he never left yeah nick nurse you know doing a phenomenal job coaching like when those two are at the top of your conference unless you're making a move to overtake them you know it's it's not going to help you and you know like you said you know bucks are out on their heels i i personally think the bucks are you know about one or two years away Mm. from figuring it all out but i i understand why people want to put them over them just because they're I would say a more complete team, yeah. but like you said, man. I mean, the Sixers traded away two of their two of their. I'm not even gonna say three best shooters. Two of their three shooters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, they have JJ Redick and Jimmy Butler can shoot threes. But another thing that you have to think about is, you know, Jimmy Butler is an ISO heavy player. Like he's never been in a free flowing offense. You know, as good as a playmaker as Ben Simmons is. Jimmy Butler's like Carmelo in the fact that he needs the ball to be effective. And so all these hopes that you have of, you know, Simmons, Butler, and Embiid, you know, just kind of feeding off of each other, ultimately stop when you give Jimmy Butler the ball in the post up. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's it's not going to be offensive harmony out there at Mm -hmm. all. 
Um, I mean, in the, like, look, Embiid, last game, he had a great game. I mean, he had yeah. like 45 points, 18 rebounds, something like that. Um, if if this is the Embiid that we get, um, then maybe, you know, maybe he's, he's you know, he's this generation Shaq um, where he's, he's uh, dominating from the post um, and can step out. But, yeah, I, I just see – I see a lot of I see a lot of like similarities between the big three in Oklahoma City and then Philly because in Oklahoma City what kind of what kind of messed them up you know between Carmelo, Paul George and, and Westbrook is that they kind of all dominated the same areas on the floor offensively. You know, mm-hmm. so it was the mid-range, you know, Paul George great mid-range shooter, Carmelo's a mid-range player, um Westbrook He's a mid-range player and driving into the paint. And so they all kind of dominated the same area on the floor offensively. And so defenses, you know, they didn't really necessarily have to stretch out all the way, you know, past the three-point line to guard those three. They had to kind of like stay within the, the three-point line and within the paint um, and made it easier to guard the Thunder. And so with the Sixers, I can see a lot of the same similarities where, you know what, if you're going to have Embiid be, become this generation's Shaq, We'll just pack the paint and allow you guys to shoot and see what happens. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. if you're Philly, if you're Philly, I don't think you had to make this trade. Yeah. I mean, you know, you, you had a blueprint for um, what to do for, you know, to succeed, you know, mm-hmm. based off last year. And, you know, you added Wilson Chandler for nothing, basically. Um, Markel Fultz is back in the lineup from the beginning of the season. So like you can argue your team's better than it was last year. Mm-hmm. And last year you pushed Boston to seven games. You know, you were a game away from being in the Eastern conference finals. <clears throat> but you know, like you said, it, it was, it's kind of a reactionary move. I understand why you make it because if you have a chance to get a guy like Jimmy Butler, you know, Steven's a big proponent for this. If there's an all-star on the table, you know, you make the deal and you try to figure out the fit later. Yeah. So, you know, I understand it from that standpoint, but, you know, just taking a step back and looking at the trade, I don't think it's going to work. Yeah. I, I, I don't think I like, here's the thing. I, I think it'll work. Okay. Um, for, mm-hmm. for most of the regular season. Um, but when you get into the playoffs and you start playing those teams like Boston, seven games, you start playing those teams like Toronto, seven games, um, I do think that game planning wise, it's a lot easier to defend Philly than it is to defend, you know, Boston or a three point shooting Milwaukee or Toronto. Yeah, for sure, man. For sure. And uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of all I got to say about it. I mean, you know, I'm ready to eat my words if they yeah. fit <laughs> seamlessly and they end up in the finals. But, you know, mm. I. A big theme of what I say to a lot of people: just just pump your brakes a little bit. Just just let some stuff play out. Yeah. Um, but hey, enough about the NBA. Let's talk about our team, the Oklahoma City Thunder. Now we got three games coming up this week. Um, we play the Phoenix Suns on Monday, New York Knicks on Wednesday, and then we play the Phoenix Suns once again on Saturday. Yeah. Um. You know, looking at the Phoenix Suns, uh, you know, we've already played them once this year. Uh, we was without Steven Adams. 
Um, we was able to come out victorious in that game. You know, that was Nero's Noel big breakout game where he had 20, 22 points. Um, you know, he was phenomenal in that game, but the Suns were without Devin Booker. Um, needless to say, uh, the Thunder should still beat the Phoenix Suns yeah. with or without Devin Booker, but we do know the type of scoring Devin Booker can provide. Um, uh, if you're the Thunder, who, who do you put on Devin Booker? You put Paul George, or do you trust Terrence Ferguson on him? Um, I, I think I think you you trust Terrence Ferguson on him. I think yeah. uh, you know I, th- I think Booker is is a little bit quicker than Paul George as far as on the perimeter. And mm-hmm. so you, you would put somebody like um, like Ferguson on him. Yeah. I mean, I like it. Um, and, you know, Ferguson, I hope Ferguson's chomping at the bit in this matchup because as inconsistent as he's been offensively, mm-hmm. whether it's putting up shots or making shots, the one uh, foothold he's had all year is his defense. So I hope he comes out and kind of makes a statement game against Devin Booker. And um, I mean, the, but, thing, the thing is, we're playing him twice this week. So, yeah. you know, it, it's it's very, you know, I, I just want to put it out there. It's very difficult to beat a team in the NBA twice in a week. You know? Yeah. Um, and, and I think we, do we play him at home both times or? No, we play once at home, yeah. once away. Saturday is the away game. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so it, it's it's going to be interesting, man. Um, you know, we, we're going to be looking to, you know, I, I talked about Ferguson, but we're going to be looking team-wide to bounce back from this loss, kind of get back on track. Mm. Uh, we're, we're back at home, so, you know, the crowd will be energizing us. So uh, hope, hopefully they'll propel us to victory. Yeah, I mean, definitely. I mean, this this has all the makings of like a two and one week. Um, you know, as far as Phoenix goes, Phoenix, you know, we we usually dominate them, um, but whenever we play them, you know, four times in a in a season, they usually have that one game where you know Devin Booker comes out and he's he's scorching hot, or you know DeAndre Ayton maybe has this coming out party, or you know things like TJ Warren, you know something like TJ Warren will have like a game where he has like twenty eight points. You know, uh, so mm-hmm. so we usually have those types of games against Phoenix, and we're facing them twice this week. So, you know, I I wouldn't be surprised if they beat us one time this week. Yeah, for sure. No, I can see what you mean there. Um, you know, like we said, we play the Suns twice, but we do play a fresh team we haven't seen all year, and that is the New York Knicks. What up, Ennis Cantor? Yes, sir. The return. Ennis Cantor back in OKC. Um, it's always fun to see. Um, he has not been starting for the Knicks. They've been starting Mitchell Robinson, which, by the way, let me just say, Mitchell Robinson is about to be barbecue chicken. <laughs> yeah, he is. Especially if Westbrook's playing. Yeah, for sure, man. Like, uh, you know, Stephen Adams is just going to tear that man up. Mm-hmm. You know, Cantor, he's going to come in. He's going to get his 10 and 10 off the bench. Um, but it, it will be interesting to see, you know, this is something people, people probably forgotten, but over the off season, Nerl's Noel and Enos Cantor both trained with Chris Brickley and, you know, Enos Cantor posted that video of him dominating Nerl's Noel and then Noel posted a video of him <laughs> dominating Enos Cantor. So it'd be fun to watch the backup big men go at each other. And that's uh, you know, it's, it's, that's BBN right there, right? 
Yes, sir. Hey, yeah, we, we claim Ennis Cantor. He didn't play a single game for us, nope. but he committed and he walked out at Big Blue Madness with an Undertaker hat. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, it, you know, it's, it's always good to see, like, those types of matchups with guys that, you know, they, 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 they have a relationship outside of, you know, uh, of the sport itself. You know, these guys, you know, they all meet up whenever it's, you know, Kentucky time, you know, anything related to Kentucky, especially at the beginning of the season, they usually all get together and have like a, you know, they have a tournament, in, you know, playing over there at, at Lexington or, you know, anything like that. So it'll be fun to see that, you know, it'll be fun to see the battle of the BBN backup big men. Yeah. And, you know, sticking with the theme, I mean, Kevin Knox also plays for the Knicks. Of course, we got Hami and Patterson. So five BBNers in this game, always <laughs> Always a blast to see. Um, obviously, Porzingis is out. Uh, he hasn't played all season. He won't play for a while, no. so they're missing their best player. I would say their best player right now is Tim Hardaway Jr., coming off 27 points against the Raptors. Yeah, he's, um, he's averaging 24.3 points. You know, so that, I mean, that, that contract doesn't look that bad this season. Hey, I've, I've always liked Tim Hardaway Jr. as a player. I mean – you know, he gets a bad rap, but, I mean, he's he's a solid player. He don't can me, put points up on the board. Don't be wrong. I like him. I don't like him at 17, 18, 19 million, but I like him. <laughs> Is there – well, hopefully, uh, you know, as we said, Westbrook – hopefully Westbrook's playing. Yes. Uh, we feel a lot more confident about the game if he's playing. But um, Schroeder against Neil Aquino is going to be a fun matchup because, you know – Schroeder is a great point guard offensively, and Nilakina is a great point guard defensively. Mm-hmm. So it's gonna be that's gonna be a fun matchup to watch as well. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's is Nilakina coming off the bench or is he starting? He started against the Raptors. Okay. Let's see Nilakina. Oh wow, he's he's the starter. He's twelve games played, twelve games started. Uh, Look so, at yeah. him. Yeah, so he is the starter. So he's going to be playing probably more matched up against Westbrook than he is against uh, Schroeder well, if, yeah, if yeah. Westbrook is back. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I didn't include that caveat. <laughs> the guy, the guy that I want to see on New York is uh, Alonzo Trier or Trier. Trier, yeah, yeah, Trier. Like we brought him in for a workout, and apparently mm-hmm. he's he's been a revelation in New York. Um, as far as being like, was he unsigned or was he a second rounder? I think he was a second rounder. I think he was a second rounder. Yeah, but he's kind of been, he's kind of been their version of Diallo, but he's actually been scoring the ball. He's averaging twelve points a game um, for them. He's shooting, you know, forty five percent from three. Uh, yeah, on just one point seven attempts per game, but still, it's been something that's been uh, a surprise um, for the Knicks, and you know the 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 Garden faithful. Whenever a guy like that pops on the scene, they love him. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah for sure. And then you know his his name's Iso. Yeah, his name's Iso Zo. Oh yeah, know, for, for Alonzo. <laughs> so I mean, he he thrives in Iso. He can create his own shot, and you know, obviously he's he's been playing great. He's been a revelation for him. So yeah. that will be fun to see. And my last thing is, uh, you know, we talked about the BBN connection, but Hamdou Diallo and Kevin Knox were actually teammates at Kentucky. So. Um, yeah, that's right. Knox has been coming off the bench for the Knicks, as is Hami. So uh, there, there's very, very high possibility we'll see Hami checking his uh, former teammate. Yeah, Knox has been. You know, he had a great summer league, and it looked like he's, you know, he's going to be this 
this draft, probably like Kyle Kuzma or something like that. But he's kind of struggled a little bit. Is he hurt? I, I see that he's only played five games. Yeah, he was hurt coming into the season. Um, I, I, don't quote me on this. I think it was something with his ankle. Uh-huh. But he, he's been back for a few. Um, obviously, okay. they're just kind of warming him back into it. But yeah, I saw he'll be all right. last game he had twelve <laughs> points against Toronto. So so yeah, so yeah, he's he's back. So they'll be playing against each other. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a fun game to watch either way, you know, just because Ennis Cantor's back. And uh, hopefully the Thunder can take care of business so we all have a good time. Hopefully they can. You know, the Knicks, they don't really – not really that great of a three-point shooting team, so that kind of that kind of plays into the Thunder's wheel well as far as defensively. Um, so, you know, hopefully it's one of those games where they're able to kind of wear an opponent out on the on the interior and uh, and take advantage of that and take it home, you know, take it to the house. Yeah. And honestly, they're aside from Ennis Cantor, they're pretty thin on the interior, so that shouldn't be an issue. No, it shouldn't. And as far and as Ennis isn't even good defensively. No, he's not. But I mean, Ennis, you know what he does good, he does it real good as far as offensive yeah. rebounding, um, as far as interior uh, scoring. And so, you know, it's going to be fun to see him out there against Adams, see him out there against Noel, and um, you know, it's it's not uncommon for him to have, you know a big game occasionally where he scores, you know, like a 20-20 type game, 15-15 type game. So, um, you know, hopefully he doesn't take it out on us. Yeah, for sure, man. Well, uh, I am going to go ahead and start off the predictions. Uh-huh. Um, and, you know, I've, I've gone undefeated every every one of my guesses Yeah, just because I'm an optimist at heart and I I feel – no, go ahead. What was that? Well, I mean, you went un- you went undefeated for about seven games there. Uh, <laughs> I mean, no, that's what I'm saying. Like, I- I've picked, uh, I've picked. Oh, okay. I got the you. I got you. Time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. I am not undefeated in the season. I am seven and four, just like the team is. Seven and five. Seven and five. Oh, that hurts. It's still, <laughs> it's still fresh. <laughs> but uh, I can't stray away from it. I actually think this is this is more of a lock. Uh-huh. Than most of the other weeks, so I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go three and zero for us. Hey, good. I'm not. <laughs> hey, good. Uh, uh, I'm not. Uh, ever the pessimist that I am. I, th- I yeah. think we're gonna go. Like I said, I think we're gonna go two and one, and the, mm-hmm. the one is gonna be one of the Phoenix games. Um, it, it's hard. It's hard to beat a team twice in a week. Um, and so. Yeah, I think uh, one of those Phoenix games, probably the Saturday one next week, is going to be the one that we lose. Yeah, and I can see that, and I understand your reasoning. So I understand, but I've 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 got to keep the optimist train rolling. Yeah. Uh, I do <laughs> reserve the right to be wrong if Schroeder is somehow suspended and Russ is not back yet, and uh, Felton's our only point guard. That's that's a scheduled L. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. <laughs> Um, I did uh, take a poll on OKC at OKC Topic Thunder, um, and looks like 68% are with me now. Most of, most of these votes came before the game tonight, so. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but 68% say three and zero, 29 say two and one, three percent say zero and three. They're probably salty Rocket fans, probably. But not not a single person said one and two. So I thought that was interesting. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. All right, but hey, man, with that being said, you know, we hope the Thunder uh, gets these next three games, but we can go ahead and wrap this up. Um, mm-hmm. We thank you guys for listening. 
want you guys to follow us on Twitter at OKC Type of Thunder, the aforementioned OKC Type of Thunder. Um, you can find us at thundersintentions.com. Now that's thunderbasketball.com. Uh, find us anywhere you listen to our pod or to your podcast: Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify. You name it. Find us. Rate us five stars. Send us a positive review that really helps us out, and we greatly appreciate that. And uh, yeah, catch us on Monday for our recap of the Suns game. And we hope you guys have a great night. God bless. Don't forget, thunder up. Thunder up. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.